Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to yet another episode of Colton Classic Podcast. I'm your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm excited, as always, to bring you part two of Adventures in Mining, a double feature we handpicked just for you. Last week, we talked about 1982's uh, and 2007's updated version of that 1982 film, Blade Runner, The Final Cut. Now, Blade Runner is a true American classic. Uh, it has inspired so many films and filmmakers uh, based on an incredible work of cyberpunk fiction. This week's film is a relatively newcomer. It is a 2018 film, uh, a low-budget production which has recently been released on uh, Blu-ray in 2021 here, which you can pick up at goldninjavideo.com. That is goldninjavideo.com. We ordered our copy. Cannot wait to check out this Canadian production. Now, uh, it's called Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility. This movie is one that uh, Jamble Vision, the production company that, that made it, sent to us to take a look at. And I thought so highly of this no budget feature that I wanted to do uh, a pair with a quality film like Blade Runner. So let's talk about this movie. But first, I'm going to introduce our panelists. We're keeping it OG this week with Jeffrey Tucker. How are you doing, Jeff? What's up? Roar! Rawr, little T-Rex <laughs> arms. And Tad Mastroianni. How are you doing, Tad? Nathan. Yes. Why are there dinosaurs in a mining facility and why did you make me watch this? I am super excited. I First off, I actually think that this movie is right up your alley and we'll discuss why. Um, <clears throat> so this movie, it's directed uh, by Jordan Goff, who also wrote it along with Christian Goh and Jacob Stevens. And uh, they also star in the picture, along with who I assume are their friends. Now, this movie is, um, as I said, no budget. But here's what I love about Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility. And we'll get to the plot and all that stuff when it comes. This is like a true example of how to do everything with nothing. Um, they pulled out every single cinema hack in the guerrilla filmmaking bible to make this um tons of sources are pulled from um uh creative commons licensed material on youtube um there are uh 3d run animations over green screen there's a great deal of green screen the green screen i'll actually say is 
pretty fantastic. That's something it shares with Blade Runner. I mean, uh, green screening is not that easy to do. Yes, modern technology has made it much easier. I mean, we've all, uh, you know, at one point loaded TikTok on our phone before deleting it. And there are like, there's just every single scene has some new little technique used um, to, to make it interesting because we know, uh, I mean, especially the, all of us on this panel today, all three of us have been involved in various no budget backyard film projects uh, of varying levels. And uh, most of them were helmed by me, which is something uh, I was going to say unfortunate, but I don't think it's unfortunate, um, just the viewers. And I will say that this was the scope of dinosaurs in a mining facility was broad and i think they nailed a, enough to be commended so let's go over the plot here the plot of dinosaurs in a mining facility and no it is not a film that takes itself seriously it is truly a comedy first and then science fiction movie second uh it is about a soda company who finds out that there is another planet in a different dimension uh, that has dinosaurs on it and the dinosaur blood has uh, mind control powers when drank so they want to harvest the dinosaur blood from this uh, other dimensional planet to feed it to the people of the world and take over planet earth uh, however there are a group of big purple heads known as tyranids uh, who rule and protect the dinosaurs. And so they have to kind of uh, uh, trick them while finding the portal, which is in a mine, said mine from the title, uh, on Earth in order to get to this other dimension and, and make their coup and take the dinosaurs. However, there's a couple of people that are going to throw a monkey wrench in that one. There is the new uh, hire, the loser uh ian who is played by christian go and i apologize christian if i'm mispronouncing your last name it's g-o-u-g-h so gh, i'm just gonna go with that and uh he plays the the lead character who is a loser everyone tells him he's a loser and given his behavior to strangers and other people he kind of is a loser but i also feel a kinship with him because i also have sat in my car screaming um at at the the pathway of my life so um, make a podcast, Ian, that's, that's the solution. Um, we also have one of the greats of cinema here, uh, Johnny Anaconda, uh, who is played by Jacob Stevens. Johnny Anaconda is the uh, sociopath hired by the soda company to off anyone that gets in the way of their mission uh, until he finds out the truth about what their mission is, which is to rule a planet. And then he joins forces with Ian and they go through the dimensional portal in the mine to uh, blow the planet up, getting rid of all the dinosaurs and preventing whammo cola from uh, taking over planet earth. Now, <clears throat> pretty straightforward plot, right? <laughs> Just kidding. It's not straightforward at all. And that's sort of the charm of it. Um, the movie starts with uh, Ian, the loser, uh, having a flashback to when he's a child, um, which he plays himself as a child, I believe. And his, uh, his, his mother is played by Jordan Goff uh, in drag. And his mother is shot uh, in his flashback. And it turns out Johnny Anaconda is the one that shot her. So there's all sorts of cinema tropes in here thrown in for fun. What makes this movie entertaining to me? Uh, I'm sure we'll have some discussion about this. Well, I already told you there's a lot of things that they try. 
Um, there are 3D animated dinosaurs that were taken off of online green screen and credited effectively. If you want to see how to credit your sources effectively, check out the eight minutes of credits on this movie. They do it well. And there's that. There is, um, I mean, what are some of the other tricks, guys? Like, they actually have some really great framing. There's a moment where uh, two, like, special ops guys from the Cola Company have put a it's a transformer, but they are a fuse box, but they've put a tracking device, quote unquote, onto the bottom of Ian's car because he they're afraid he's going to blow the whistle on the whole operation. So Janie Anaconda's got to track him and kill him. And they put it there. And while they're having a conversation in the front seat, you just see way in the background through the uh, windshield, you see Ian just having like a 10 minute fit kicking things, throwing his phone, throwing his uniform on the ground, stomping back and forth, raging at the sky. It's it's funny to me. Um, we also have this moment that I really love where those same two agents are in the car. The agents played by Michael Meyer and Alec Jansen. Um, they're, they're like, this is a stealth mission. And the rookie guy is like, no one's, no one's looking at us. And he goes, that guy is. And he points out and like eight feet from the window is just this they call him the corn dog kid in the credits played by Devin Perry, who's just eating a corn dog, staring directly at them through the car window, just staring. And it's funny. Um, the cut is the comedic timing is there. The editing was effective in moments like that. Um, but let's, let's go on to see here what other people think about this. Cause this is really one of those movies you kind of have to watch to understand the vibe that they're going for uh and the complete lack of seriousness it's the kind of crazy zany thing that a lot of stupid comedies that hit theaters would like to attain but by sheer virtue of their production quality and the people involved they can't um and let's go to you tad what what did you expect when you saw uh that i designed dinosaurs in a mining facility and what did you take away from it now that you've seen it the only thing i expected from this film was the line that never happened. I was expecting someone to say, I am tired of these motherfucking dinosaurs in my motherfucking mining facility. That did not happen. Tad, I think the people who made this movie might actually be too young to remember Samuel Jackson's snake on a plane. It was fucking 2008, 2009, wasn't it? Uh, was it really yeah. that long ago? I mean maybe i think that maybe i mean they weren't they weren't not alive at that point but For fuck's sake this movie didn't they start this in 2013 they did correct so it shows and i and i don't mean that as an insult i mean it shows that this movie kind of feels like the post 2012 internet in a way sure like that 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 sort of like remember like like i was talking about in a previous podcast that um, that feeling of like the end of the college humor era. Yeah. It's like, this feels almost like an entire college humor skit. Right. Like Newgrounds has, has ended and now irrelevant. Sure. And um, despite what I said in the intro, I did enjoy this. It, it was up my alley, although it's sort of, all right. So, this movie was jarring for me to watch only because the movie takes itself so unseriously. Sure. To like, to a degree that even um, what? Why can't I think of it? What is the movie that we watched that took place basically in someone's house and someone vomited to death? 
some chick vomited to death. What the hell was that movie? I Are you talking about that. Killer Pinata? Killer Pinata, thank you. Like by Killer... by our good friends at Angry Mule Productions, who we yeah. love absolutely. So think of it this way, Nathan. Killer Pinata took itself more seriously than this movie. Absolutely, it really so did. Jarring to me. I I to watch an hour straight of a movie that clearly doesn't even try. <laughs> to, like and don't get me wrong this plot was more complicated than blade runner's plot Very let's much. get it twisted here this was a complicated plot and actually i felt like i watched almost two different movies and it kind of felt like i realized where um you know there was five years of work that went into this and i feel like i saw where a lot of the creativity started going in it was literally in the halfway point like mm. as soon as the um purple tyranid or i i don't want to say tyranid because that's from warhammer 40k it's it's not right. Tyranid, right i think um, i think tyranide or something like that but it is tyranid i think is how they pronounce it like, uh, in this but yeah yeah the first 30 minutes of this movie i was just like what the f is this going to be another um thanks killing sorry it's tyranite the great tyranite of tyrannus the planet so is called tyrannus and the the protectors of the dinosaurs are tyranites so close. And the funny thing is, I, I realized how little dinosaurs have to do with this goddamn plot. Absolutely. You the could first, have made it, you could have made it, uh, they're armadillos in the mining facility. And it wouldn't have fucking mattered. But the first 30 minutes really, I, I had a hard time getting grabbed. But then 30 minutes in, all of a sudden, the plot really actually kicks in. And I sure. see like, all of a sudden, they start really, it's almost like someone got five bucks to buy to actually no, they got $5 and realized that they could go on the pirate bay and get a copy of Final Cut Pro. And all of a sudden, everything changed. And it looked actually really good. And the I was actually really impressed overall by how good some of the acting was. Sure, like, I agree. Really, like pulled their weight. I was really impressed. And some of the voicing, like mm -hmm. I some of the uh, the voice from uh, what's his face, the chainsaw guy. I almost feel like I know his voice. Johnny does Anaconda. Do, does he do voiceovers in like video games or something? Because he sounds familiar. Maybe he's in a YouTube channel, like some random YouTube channel that I watch, and I have no idea it's him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're talking about Jacob Stevens. I don't know if he's anything else, but you know what it remind what actually this whole film in many ways reminded me of. As you were talking about internet things, it reminded me of somebody doing a feature length film for channel 101 um <laughs> do you remember that you know the the uh, i just like that sort of early rob schrab um uh, you know will ferrell produce pre-college humor like you said um funny or die. funny or die exactly yeah. like that that way early moment of funny or die you know channel 101 translating to that and i gotta say um i also found that the acting across the board was pretty strong, especially for one of these no budget features. Everyone gave it a, a good, a good time. And um, I want to give another shout out to we're get this is the episode of shout outs to to fans and family and friends of Colts and Classic Podcast. This reminded me of um, uh, sort of the bigger budget version of uh, Adam Thorne of of Riot at the Movies dot coms Assault of uh, Assault on the Snake Men which is another great film you can pick up. I think he runs sales. You can download it for like 99 cents a lot of the time, um, but check it out, uh, out at Adam Thorne uh, at rightatthemovies.com and you'll be able to pick that up. But if you like this or if it sounds interesting, check that one out. That one is even more ultra low budget, but very much the same vibe. I could even imagine this in the same universe. And it, to, to those, to our Gen Y listeners, yeah, it's almost like everything in this could be a meme or a play on a meme, right? Um, 
the Tyranid head is also was the turning point for me. The Tyranite, the Grand Tyranite Tyrannus. Uh, it's like I said, this big 3D purple head with you know like a face rig effect. Um, putting Jordan Goff's face on it. And when he gets angry, his eyes turn reptilian. And I loved it. And they really shoehorned like everything in, right? Like, cause it's a sci-fi movie. It's a horror movie. Cause we have, you know, 3D bloody dinosaur eatings. And then we have a human sacrifice in the Canadian woods to connect with this distant alien alternate dimension planet. Um, and and I kind of like some of the moments that I don't know, like, I think they're intent, they're intended to be funny, but I don't know how well they hit for everyone. But for me, they hit where like the, they sacrifice this guy by burning him in a box, which is a very Canadian film thing. It threw me right into final sacrifice, all la you know, early two thousands, mystery science theater, 3000. Um, and they, they sacrifice him and then the portal opens and the grand tyrannite shows up as a big purple head. And he's like, how did you connect with me? And he's like the, the, ritual of immolation or whatever or conflagration and it's like oh yes the ritual of conflagration yep yep that's the thing and i'm just like those so, moments are just the acknowledgement of something is <laughs> makes sense when it doesn't make sense at all that scene was funnier to me than all the stuff that was supposed to be intentionally funny <laughs> like way more because it's it's so over the top and so you know like breaking the fourth wall like haha we know we're in a funny movie but i personally i just don't find that stuff nearly as funny as the stuff where it's tongue in cheek and it's like well we're trying to play this off serious but uh wink wink by the way yeah this is fucking stupid i love that humor way more i was it was there's also this, the moments where they just put in more and more film tropes for for no clear reason like where um the the one guy when he tells he calls johnny anaconda to tell him that he's learned their company is actually an evil corporation and that they need to fight against it and he hang he he gets disconnected because he gets shot. But the <laughs> military guy who shoots him into a tunnel. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, Johnny Anaconda when he's disconnected he must have gone through a tunnel. But <laughs> the guy's like, I never thought you'd turn on me. And then he shoots me. Goes because I'm your dad. <laughs> and like that's the end of that scene. Um, Jeff, I haven't even gotten to you yet. What did you expect from dinosaurs in a mining facility? And what did you get uh, once you saw it? Oh man. Well, you, you've definitely given us some stinkers. Um, and, uh, I, I definitely kind of gotten to the point where like, I don't even expect them to tell a story. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like they're like, when, when you give us like these bad films or, you know, bad films, like, you know, low budget, maybe, right. you know, not very experienced people yeah. making bad the film films. isn't necessarily an insult here on Colton classic podcast. You know, an inexperienced film, like, uh, you know, for funsies, you know, not intending to make money, you know, that type of thing. Um, you know, this this does kind of like get close to like kind of like fan film feeling like from from the things that we've done. But I was actually surprised they were actually able to tell a story because like that's like like that's the frustrating thing that I have when you <laughs> these movies is like <laughs> they don't even get to the point of telling a story. So it's like it's hard to judge them. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't even tell me a story, it's it doesn't even feel like I've Listen, watched a film. Jeff, you are not even on the witchery uh, uh, episode, so I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, continue. I was on that episode, and I did not like that film. I hated I'm just it. kidding. You I actually right. like this film more than witchery, which me, you know. Me too. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so they told the story. They, I, I think that they kind of maybe partway through figured out what they were which is just a bunch of quips 
I mean, a lot of them were literally dad jokes, like, you know, we don't serve minors here in this bar. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I mean, that cracks me up. You know, like that that type of stuff, you know, maybe good dad jokes if there's like, you know, there's like a line. They were getting close to being funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I feel like they they found the right tone and like the right kind of space. I mean, it, it still is a little bit of a rough watch because it's so low budget and like you know, it's uneven. Like there's moments where you're just That's like, oh, get me out of here. And then there's other moments where you're actually having a good time. Um, but like, man, I'm just shocked that they told the story. It's like a, like a, you know, a concrete, cohesive, like A-to-B, well, yeah. you know, well articulated story. Because <laughs> that's just so rare. For the, for the record, Nate, I did watch Witchery. I was not able to make it to that episode, but let me tell you, I enjoyed this more than Witchery. Jesus fucking Christ. So so that's the thing. Um, and just guys, go listen to our Witchery episode. It's already aired. Uh, it was it was what we paired with um, the uh, super fun bailout. And yes, you're right, Jeff. I apologize. You were not on the uh, Witches Gone Wild pairing. So I, I, I was I, not I on that, that one. Uh, which is funny because you probably would have gotten more out of our pair there. However, uh, witchery is an, an italian horror flick if you've not listened to the episode um but the saving grace is uh david hasselhoff and linda blair uh but everything else the story is virtually uh incomprehensible but let's let's talk about this so first off we just have to mention the one line that um i think would and i could be wrong good friend chris siever uh maker of the teenage films and so on uh i I think he would have been proud to have this line in his movie, which is when uh, Jordan Goff, director uh, at, who plays Dr. Stone, the scientist who just who uh, is obsessed with the, the beauty of the dinosaurs, uh, and he becomes a dinosaur that Johnny Anaconda and Ian have to fight. And he becomes this big Tyrannosaurus, and Johnny Anaconda looks at it and says the classic golden uh, never shall we forget line, uh, let's get this vaginosaur to the dinecologist. I mean, <laughs> that that line, and I will say there weren't actually that many pun jokes uh, in the film, but that one truly was like the climactic moment. Here's this line. Um, and I don't know who came up with it, but they probably deserve a medal of some kind because that's gotta be, I don't care. This movie could have been, um, it could have been Silver Linings Playbook, which you know I hate, and <laughs> it would have been memorable. Like you can't not remember that line. Um, is that is that? Do you think that this that line was actually they someone thought of that and went, "Can we make a movie around that line?" And everything else was just built up to that fucking moment. It's it's very possible, and you know I think we're kind of skirting around this. How how even though. This is, an, this is a no-budget film. Um, there is a lot of heart, passion and hard work in this. Uh, to make something so complete out of something so ridiculous, uh, they, you know, they said they, they worked on it from the, the, at the film's end. It says that it was in production from 2013 to 2018. And I'm sure a great deal of that was the post-production work with all the green screening and after effects and things like that. Um, it... I commend them. This is this would not have been an easy film to make uh, at all. 
and it reminds me too of if those those like um nigerian films and the ghanan films um where they use clip art a lot of the time you know to have these characters and it's just so ridiculous but they they commit to it and it really does turn out some kind of wild project with some real artistry to it and i will give it to jordan goff as i said like that scene with the through the windshield there actually are some really well set up scenes in this and there are no breaking of the 180 degree rule where the camera go took that i noticed where the camera goes um across one line in a scene like a theoretical line and when it jumps from side to side you'll get disoriented which they call it the 180 degree rule just stay on one side of, of the shot that's a big common one in in these no budget shot on video things um i don't think technically this was shot on video but home equipment is you'll break that and it just it adds that extra level of unprofessional vibe and they really didn't on this they tend to stay with static shots uh, for the most part which is nice because you also often get terrible handy cam footage um throughout which makes it impossible but they just went with it. Some shots are a different video quality than other shots. Some shots have been messed with or exported at different frame rates, it seems, uh, and were matched. It really, it, the, the cohesiveness comes from the fact that, Jeff, like you said, they are telling a story that's from A to Z. It's a crazy story that's convoluted, but it is from A to Z. And it's clear that they love movies because and I mean, who knows, I could be wrong and it could be totally by chance, but it seems like they understand film to the point where they had the thought process behind every shot. Like, okay, this is what has to happen here. How's it gonna go down? Where's it gonna be? Like they thought about the technical aspects of the camera work, which I really appreciate because there's nothing more difficult for me to watch than a static shot of one person talking with nothing happening forever. There's only one instance of that in this movie, which is when a miner calls up uh, to to like tell them, hey, there's some miners up in the, I mean, there's some dinosaurs up in this shit and we lost a lot of miners. And that is a little long, that conversation reminded me. And even then they tried, they had, you know, cause it's, it's exposition that's needed at that point. They have a dinosaur running back and forth in the background and it's funny. Um, and so, and you know, the scene is only like 30 seconds, so it's not an eternity, but on screen for one shot, it feels a lot longer. This um, is bullshit. This is that, some bullshit. This is some bullshit. Yeah. Another classic line, <laughs> you know? So I think I, I, I was really pleasantly surprised. I got some genuine chuckles out of this. Uh, and knowing that you're going into a no budget feature, I think this is, if somebody, if you're interested, if you're a listener who's interested in not a low budget, not an indie, but a no budget picture, uh, or also sometimes known as ultra low budget pictures. If you haven't really watched one of these before and you want to kind of, you think you might like it. I think this is probably one to watch dinosaurs in a mining facility because as T Jeff said, there is a complete story. As Tad said, it doesn't take itself seriously for good or bad. It stays at that, the most insane level of say Austin Powers three that, you know, that it, it's sort of, I think of this movie for some reason, it made me think this is what gold member wanted to be something so ridiculous that it's just, it's, it's not even, it's not even slapstick. It's just stick throughout the whole thing. Um, and, and I, I think this is one to watch if you want to get into this because it's not as totally non-film like as some of the entries in the genre now 
if if you live in Canada, uh, buy the movie, support independent filmmakers, go to gold, uh, ninjavideo.com. It's like 15 bucks. Uh, if you ship it out of, out of Canada, it's like 25 bucks. And the cover that you get, I will just tell you this now for the Blu-ray is a really cool Mike Mignola-esque Hellboy-esque cover that I absolutely love. So even if you never watch it, it's going to look great on your shelf. And you'll give them money so we can get the sequel because there is a sequel teaser at the end of the credits in this movie, which I I love. I absolutely love it. And I love where you could go with a sequel for this movie because it's batshit insane and I have zero concept of where the sequel could go. Did you guys catch that stinger at the end? Yeah. Jeff's, Jeff's nodding, yes. Um, we get more of my favorite character, which is the Grand Tyranite, uh, Big Purple Head. Uh, he returns to his planet, finding out it's all blown up. And then his assistant, who has a body for some reason, uh, sees, says there's a human floating out there. And it's the body and chainsaw of Johnny Anaconda. And he goes, bring him in. And then we, you know, say to be continued. Wait a minute. All right. Am I mistaken or does this sound awfully like dragon ball z right here sure it absolutely sounds like dragon ball z um i mean if they and, follow if they follow that logical conclusion and make a movie that's like the post frieza saga of this movie i am all fucking in you heard it here jordan uh make this film we will will you you got our support here at Colts and classic podcast but yeah i think this is a super fun movie i like that people put their all into it um there's a scene where uh ian is freaking out at a bar before he's kicked out because they don't serve minors as jeff said and uh and he's yelling at this woman who's minding her business next to him and i approve I, the people at the bar keep their straight faces better than in much bigger budget pictures. So I give them credit. I'll also say as funny as that scene could be, uh, all I saw was what a lot of women deal with on Friday night at the bar. So, um, which is another another aspect to it. I, 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 I love that everyone had an 80s song ringtone, the same 80s song ringtone. And uh, yeah, I just really liked all of the ridiculous, ridiculous moments, of course, if I could change one thing, I would want more practical effects versus the 3D animated effects. But, you know, we know what this is. This is a no budget. They, they just said we could do very little with practical effects that may not look that great because it's not our strength and we don't have time, we don't have money. Or we could do a ton more and throw whatever the frig we want in with uh, all of these free assets. And they went with option two. And frankly, I think there was probably the right option. There was a moment where there uh, is a swarm of, of like small pterodactyl puppets flying around that they fight, which I absolutely love. I love that puppet. They credit uh, a family for lending the puppet in the credits. I don't know where they got that or if they made that, but I want one. So Jamble Vision, you get on that, reach out. I'll give you my address. This you can send it to the, right. You can merchandise that to us here at the Cult of Classic Podcast. We'll take care of it. So yeah, so this is a movie that's a no budget film, uh, lots of, of aspirations. And I think, you know, if they, if, if somebody had come up to me and said, Hey, you know, I'm in my late twenties, early thirties, I want to make this crazy comedy movie. Here's what it is. I'd have said, your scope is too big. You're never going to do this. Um, and if that person was Jordan Goff and his friends, I'd have been wrong. So I give them credit for that. And, uh, I really appreciate them letting us take a look. So I'm going to say, I rec as I said, my recommendation is if you 
either like no budget films, um, if, if you're a fan of Sake Receiver, if you're a fan of, uh, as I said, Assault on the Snake Man, if you're a fan of like the real obscure um, shot on video movies of the 90s, uh, where there's very little very little money behind it is essentially a backyard movie you're gonna like this one uh this has got some surprises they did some things that just i didn't expect them to do and they went with it and they have the greatest joke about commercialism ever which is the whammo cola commercial that plays several times in the background where the tagline for whammo soda is taste the drink um which is so simple was so funny to me I, I i had to share it with my wife and she didn't know what the hell i was talking about but i really enjoyed it <laughs> um yeah so if you're if, if you like that kind of no budget film dinosaurs in a mining facility is an absolute no-brainer pick it up you'll love it if and the other option is if you think you might like this kind of movie but you've never really watched a no but no budget or ultra low budget film this is the one for you to wet your foot if you like it there's a world of additional no budget films that you can enjoy. If you don't like it, well, this is some of the, the best crossover to mainstream uh, no budget film that you're gonna probably get. So you'll know, and hey, you've seen the top, now you can go back and, and go back to your theater release or, or, or studio films, which there's nothing wrong with. So that's my recommendation. Let's go to Jeff. Do you recommend dinosaurs in a mining facility? And if so, why and to who? You know, I'm going to go back to an old recommendation that I that I use kind of early on in the podcast. I think this is a good, like, like if you have, like, a group of friends that are, like, you know, either going to get high or, like, or just down for, like, a good time, um, I think this is a good film to watch with them. You know, it's it's not a great film. Like, it's, it's fun, though. There's some fun to be had here. Um, and, you know if you if you like have a fun time watching it like laughing at the bad parts and like getting a little amusement like when they're actually trying to be funny um i i think you'll have a really good time with that group uh and you'll you know you'll have weird things like you know kind of like side jokes you know that nobody else will understand you'll like say phd what do you think it was a doctor thing it really means pretty hungry dinosaur you know you can say something like that with your friends <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, like nobody else will get it. And, uh, you know, you'll have a, you'll have a good laugh. Yeah. I like that. A good bonding beer and pizza movie friends, you know, especially it, it, you know, past 10 o'clock at night, this is going to get better and better. Uh, I, I fully, fully feel that it's a valid option. Tad, would you recommend dinosaurs in a mining facility? And if so, why and to who? I would. And this comes from um, watching enough of these no budget films at this point to say that this is probably one of the better ones. Like the bar at this point for me is McMurderer. I will sing the praises of that movie. All God, I, I hate, I hate you both a little bit. A little so, bit more since that day. So, of course, you're, you're referring uh, to the short film, which we did on our short uh, episode, short film episode, uh, Mick Murderer by Janice.Click. Follow uh, on Instagram at Janice.Click, who, by the way, is working on uh, a, a feature-length film right now, which will be released on Dark Hollow Video. So uh, look forward to that. We will, we will definitely check it out when it comes. But yes, another friend of the pod here. Uh, we're just pulling out all the names tonight. 
But anyway, yes, it reminded so Mick Murder there is is for us to sing praises. This was this was of of many of the low to no budget, very clearly not taking itself seriously movies. This one I think was close to the top of my list. Um, this is almost on par with most Chris Seaver films. This almost feels like they they wanted to capture that vibe. And again, mm -hmm. it's one of those things like, please, please, uh, creators, prove me wrong because I will make statements. And Chris Seaver has been one of the only people to actually call us out when we're blatantly wrong about totally, something. Totally. He literally, Chris, uh, hey, we love you, uh, totally came on just to tell me I was 100% wrong. He was referencing Thanksgiving. That was really important. Uh, and we absolutely appreciate it. So <laughs> feel free to send our corrections. And also, to be fair, uh, Angry Meal Productions uh, sent us a correction that uh, the the pinata did not uh, ejaculate a poison candy into that gentleman's mouth he pooped it out so they did send us a correction on that as well these, um these clarifications are extremely important sure we're not always we're not always right and sometimes the message is muddled and, and a little uh creator interjection is helpful uh yes do i to look like a film critic i'm on a fucking no budget podcast we love no budget films what a surprise boy i wish this was a no budget podcast my pockets would be so <laughs> like uh yeah no I, I i think that this is a lot of fun and i i really appreciate i just want to throw it out there to uh both our listeners we love your support but also the independent filmmakers out there who also make up many of our listeners thank you guys so much for making this such an inviting warm community we really love when we see you send us films because you want to show us your work and we want to share that work um it's we don't and you know we don't even give uh, uh positive uh recommendations all the time but uh it it's it's hard not to be really grateful and enjoy every time somebody has something they want to share with the world and they share it with us. So send us your movies. We're happily take a, take a watch and give us our feedback and analyze it and whatnot. Uh, but that is it for this week's episode of Colton Classic Podcast. We just wrapped up part two of our adventures in mining. Um, and I will say what I love about the fact that this is the pairing of adventures in mining is while both films have some aspect uh, related to mining, neither film is remotely about mining. Um, neither Blade Runner, Final Cut, or Dinosaurs. I mean, I was going in, I like to watch people just, you know, mining, you know, I wanted to, to see them extracting materials, putting them in a cart, sending well, them to the refinery. I want to watch that. So well, next, next week, time. next week, I have two documentary how-to films on how to pan, pan for gold, uh, and drainage ditches in, in the Southwestern United States. And they are four and a half hours long each, and you're going to get all of it. Uh, Excellent. I'll, I'll give those ones uh, strong recommendations, I'm sure. I'm just kidding. Those, that's that's actually my dad's YouTube feed. That's all. Uh, okay. That is Nathan's alternative career. That is true. That is true. Hey, if any of you uh, out there as well own a business and you'd like to advertise on Colton Classic Podcast, please reach out. Uh, we really like to support the businesses that support us. So uh, let us know and appreciate all of the love and feedback you guys give every 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 week for Colton Classic Podcast. Follow us at Colton Classic Podcast at, uh, or on Instagram and also on Facebook and email us your suggestions, requests, hate mail to Tad at Colton Classic Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much. Like, subscribe, review us, it helps others find us. And to play us out as always is the Chud with All About Evil.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.